Okay, so the next thing that happened after Jesus was circumcised was that they went to the temple. So 40 days after he was born, this was a ceremonial law for both the baby and for the mom. The mom had to wait 40 days. She was considered ceremonially unclean after giving birth for 40 days. Yes, now I did, but I didn't tell you why. This wasn't about the... Uh, it wasn't like... Okay, some of the laws that God had in the Old Testament about being ceremonially unclean, some of them were like, oh, that's something that you could maybe get sick from. And so part of the purpose was probably to protect them because they didn't have the best cooking standards back then. So for instance, shellfish. Uh, you guys know how Uncle Jason ordered a plate of crayfish at the restaurant when we were camping? And then, he, and then he got sick. <laughs> oh yeah, he did. He got sick later. <laughs> yeah, he, he threw up a bunch after that. Um, some, sometimes stuff like that is a little bit tricky. So sometimes some of those laws, one of the reasons was that. This wasn't like that. It wasn't like God thought that, oh, you give birth to a baby and now you're, you're just an unclean person for a while. You know, we have passages that tell us what the purpose was. For instance, in Job, Job says, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing? I know not one. What do you think he means? Well, I'll give you another passage and see if you know what he means. David wrote and said, Behold, I was brought forth, means I was born, in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. He said, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. What do you think that Job meant when he said, no one can bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing, if you think about that other passage? I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. What does that mean? He's saying, I was a sinner from the very moment I was conceived in my mother's womb. Why are we born as sinners? Because Adam and Eve They became sinners, right? And afterwards, all their children were sinners, right? That's what that passage in Job means. He's saying... That both the mother and the father are unclean in sin. And because of that, their children are born unclean in sin. And so he's saying, like, well, who can fix this? No one can fix this. No one can bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing except one person can. God can, right? And that's what's going to happen with Jesus. That's what the angel said to Mary when he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you to cause this child to be conceived and born. And for that reason, he will be called holy, the son of God. He will be a clean thing. So anyway, the ceremonial law about waiting for 40 days is meant to be a reminder to them of their sin and of the fact that the children that they had were also sinners. So then after 40 days, they were to go up to the temple when it was their firstborn male. They didn't have to do it for every child, but the firstborn son. So we wouldn't have had to do it for you two. But then when Simon was born, if we were Jewish people living in the Old Testament, we would have had to take Simon, and I suppose we could bring you guys along too, and we would go to Jerusalem, and we'd have to make a sacrifice there of a lamb or a goat. Or 
in Mary and Joseph's case, because they were poor, two young pigeons or turtle doves. That's why two turtle doves is sometimes a thing at Christmas, because that's the sacrifice they made because they were poor. So that sacrifice was about redeeming their firstborn son. Redeem means to buy back. Who do you think that they were buying their son back from? Jesus. Oh, God. Well, their son was God. Jesus, but God. yeah, also you're right, from God. That was the ceremonial law. Because when he had brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he had caused the firstborn sons of Egypt to die. But he had saved the firstborn sons of the children of Israel wherever he saw the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. So the blood of the lamb, the lambs were sacrificed to save the firstborn sons of Israel, to buy them back. And so he told them ever afterwards, all of your firstborn sons you shall redeem. But of their animals, if they had the firstborn son of one of their animals, they were to sacrifice to the Lord. They were to kill it and sacrifice it to him. But not their sons. They were to redeem them by making a sacrifice of a lamb or a goat, or if they were poor, those birds like I talked about. So they were, it was meant to be a reminder to them of how God had saved them, of how they were buying these sons back from God. Their sons belonged to God because he had redeemed them and saved them. But of course, that's really interesting because both of those ceremonial laws were pictures of Jesus. The one about being unclean, no one could bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing until Jesus who was born as holy and clean, not born in sin, but as the Holy One of God, even though he was born from a sinful mother. And then the other one about redeeming, about buying back, that was a picture of Jesus because he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and his blood is shed to take away our sin. So both of these ceremonial laws that Jesus fulfilled were pictures of him. Well, while he was there at the temple, two other interesting things happened. First, a man came up to Mary and Joseph. We think he was an old man, but we don't know that for sure. His name was Simeon. Okay? Now, God had told Simeon something important. He, God had told Simeon, you will not die until you see the Messiah. And that day, somehow, maybe the Holy Spirit revealed it, Simeon knew that this child was the Messiah. So he came up and he took the child in his arms and he spoke words of prophecy from the Lord. He said, this child is set for the falling and rising of many in Israel. What he meant is some will believe in him and they will rise. So was Simeon a prophet? He was because God gave him the word there. Yep. And some will fall because they will not believe him. And then he looked at Mary and he said, a sword will pierce through your own heart also. What, do you, what did he think that meant? Well, no, it meant you're going to see him die. How do you think it would make a mom feel to see her son crucified? Really sad. Yeah, really sad, right? So she was going to see that. But all of this was being prophesied. He said so that the thoughts of many hearts might be revealed because Jesus is this, this sign, that this stone that is set for either believing or disbelieving for either falling or rising. Well, after Simeon did that, he sang a song. Well, we don't know for sure if he sang, but it kind of seemed like a song. And whenever we, we use it in church all the time, and whenever we do, we sing it. It's called the Nunc Dimittis. Right? 
goes, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. That's Jesus, the light for the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. So he was saying, basically, Lord, now I can die in peace because I have seen the Christ that you promised and I can go to die in hope of heaven because of the Christ that you have promised because I've seen with my eyes just like you said I would. Well, after Simeon went away, then this old woman came. Her name was Anna and she was a prophetess and she had been living in the temple for a long time. When she was young, she had been married, but then her husband had died. And instead of getting remarried, she had just devoted herself to praying in the temple. So every day she would go and pray in the temple. And she'd been waiting for the consolation of Israel. And she found out that the Messiah was there. And she, and she went around telling everyone that the Messiah had come. All those who were waiting, it says, for the consolation of Israel. That means the comfort and the hope. Like people, when people are sad and then you comfort them, that's consoling. Well, Jesus is the consolation of all of us because he's the one who takes away our sins and conquers death and hell and gives us eternal life. So it was a pretty exciting day for Simeon and Anna. They got to be some of the first people who found out. The first ones were the shepherd, well, the first ones were Mary and Joseph and Zechariah and Elizabeth and then the shepherds. But then after that, it was Simeon and Anna. Well, actually, anybody that the shepherds told. Remember, the shepherds went around telling everybody. And now Anna's going around telling everybody. It's kind of a common theme, right? Makes sense, though. The people of Israel have been waiting for the Messiah to come for 4,000... Well, people have been waiting for the Messiah to come for 4,000 years. The people of Israel didn't exist until Abraham as a separate nation. So that's only like 1,500 years. But it's still a long time for them to be waiting for the Messiah to come. Now he's here. And so they're excited. The ones who believed that he was going to come. And they're running to tell everybody. And so should we. When we hear the news that Jesus has come, he's our consolation and our hope. And he's the forgiveness of our sins. And he's our redeemer who buys us back. And he's the one who makes us clean and holy by his blood. So we too should be excited and run to tell everyone that he's here and what he has done.